You're listening to the Breakdown Duo with Deb and T-Wise. They break it down to build you up. Let's join this mother-son duo as they break down tonight's hot topic. All right, what's up, everybody? This is T-Wise. I am here with my mom, Deb. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. And uh, just want to say happy Palm Sunday. We're going into Holy Week, and we're going to start with this special podcast today for Palm Sunday. Yeah. You want me to introduce it? I do. Okay. <laughs> Take it away. Um, so we thought it might be just a really good time of reflection. This is this can be a really special week in the life of a believer. Uh, a time to really kind of set the whole week aside and just do not just introspection, but live in gratitude and praise each day. So we've been wanting to have a discussion on two words. And so today seems like the day to do that. We are going to discuss condemnation versus conviction. And that's two words that are so similar that sometimes it's hard to tell them apart. But I think they, there's such a huge difference and it's worthy of a little bit of discussion. So let's jump in. Uh, you want me to just kind of start with one of the things I did, Tyler, was I looked up synonyms for each word and that will get us started. So think about this. Condemnation is rooted in hate. Conviction is rooted in love. So that's kind of a starting point. Okay. Can you expand on that? Well, the synonyms that go along with condemnation are criticism, shame, blame, disapproval, judgment. The synonyms of conviction are persuasion, faith, belief. So when you see it like that, it it really shows that there's a difference, except I think we often struggle knowing if we're hearing condemnation or if we're hearing conviction, and they come from two different places, but I think we tend to get them mixed up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I would agree with that for sure. When you say they come from two different places, what do you mean? I guess I'm thinking like... Uh, if conviction comes from love, so think about when you were growing up and when dad and I disciplined you, hopefully you always felt love, even in the toughest times of discipline, even in the, the you know times when we had to literally convict you of something and, and challenge you to overcome it. But it, it came from a place of love, knowing we want the best for you. We want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. I think growing up, you also had times of condemnation where you felt accused, you felt less than, you felt blamed. And it seems like those times of condemnation hold us back. And and we just dig in deeper and deeper and not necessarily ever come to a place of change. Yeah. So So right now you're talking about um, those two topics in in reference to 
how others make us feel. Because you use the example of you and dad. And then when you say, sometimes I felt condemned or judged, I am assuming you were referring to other people in my life that I encountered along along my journey. Yes, as an example, that's what I was using. Okay. So we don't always have those feelings from outside sources. Sometimes it's internal. No, exactly. Which is... Yeah, it's a self-talk internal battle that we have of because we all know that we tend to be our tough toughest critics. So how do we differentiate the two when we're having self-talk? Yeah, that's and I think that's where we need to land because that's where we get so caught up in the fact because if condemnation is blame, that means if we take it to a spiritual level, that means the enemy, the devil is yearning and looking and seeking every opportunity he can find to condemn us. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is very clear. It says, there is now, that means present, right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So because of what he did, I mean, we were all condemned because of our sin, but because of what Christ did and because we have accepted that and chosen to uh, walk with him, there's no condemnation. So that does not slow the enemy down, mm-hmm. doesn't stop him from trying. And I think it's one of the toughest places for a Christian because if we get worn down enough, mm-hmm. then it gets, and it gets personal. So when it becomes that, that personal, let me ask you this, Tyler. I was thinking about this. The devil cannot steal our salvation, but he can steal our joy. He can steal our assurance of our salvation. And he can even uh, make us feel like we're a lost cause by keeping that condemnation weighing in on us. And if we begin to listen to that, and like you you said, if we start letting that cycle in our self-talk, where do we end? Yeah, I... You know, you said the devil can take our joy. I don't think he can take our joy unless we allow him. So, you know, I kind of think of I kind of think of the the devil and his ability um like I'm trying to think of a, a good way of explaining this. Use sports because you're so good with it. No, I so <laughs> I I view like a video camera, right? If I put a video camera on you, it's an objective witness. The video camera can't make you do anything. It just records what you do. So you are in control of your actions and you will make yourself look good in front of the video camera or look bad in front of the video camera. But the video camera has no no ability to make you act a certain way, right? And I kind of view Satan you know, the, the, the enemy, the same way that he does not have the ability to make me do certain things. He can, he can put thoughts and, and things out there. Um, but it's up to me whether or not I, I choose to believe it or choose to, to act a certain way. 
So, um, okay. So the Bible says that the devil comes or the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. So if he can steal, I think what I'm saying is it's a process. You're right. He can't just come in and take it, but he can condemn us and weigh us down mm-hmm. to the point where we do give it up. Exactly. And that's the whole point is it's it's that consistent battering that breaks us down to eventually where we do give in and we do start believing the lies. And that is why this topic I think is so important is the more that we can learn to recognize the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, then, you know, if, if that's the primary issue, the, the, the primary stance that we're trying to identify, then we can equip ourselves with the tools and the habits to be able to recognize it, to be able to overcome. And, you know, that's why we, in all of our podcasts, we spend so much time talking about, like, are you diving in into prayer? Are you diving into the word? You know, are you spending time reading God's scripture? And, you know, that's why it's referred to as the living word of God. And it's not just on Sunday morning that you're supposed to spend time with mm-hmm. God and in fellowship. It Like, this is a lifestyle. It's an all day, every day type of thing. That way, when that time comes that the enemy is attacking you and trying to to steal from you and, 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 you know, take your legs out from under you, you can recognize that because you are filled with truth and, and your mind is so consumed with truth that you're able to say, well, that doesn't align with what I've been praying about and studying. And, and you can quickly, you know, put up the defenses to stop that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a good point. You can like call out the enemy and say, that is a lie. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely not true. And right. I'm not going to believe it because the thing about one, I think one of the biggest difference between condemnation and conviction is, you know, the devil condemns us, the spirit that, that lives within us convicts us. And when, when you're convicted, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's good because it, it pushes you to change. It pushes you to repentance and uh, or and sometimes woos you, but when it's coming from a place of love, it's so much easier to take. Yes, so that's such a good point. And I was it's so crazy. I was literally just thinking that as you were talking. If you are yourself living in this condemnation state, mm-hmm. and and your own mind, your own critique is is going that direction. When somebody out of love tries to give you constructive criticism or say, hey, my brother in Christ, like, you know, we need to have a serious talk because I care about you, man. And I see you making some mistakes and mm-hmm. I want to help you out. Um, out of love again, right? Yeah. That is a tough conversation to have because the immediate thought is judgment and pride and uh and like regret yeah and and like who are you to have that conversation with me uh tired that's so. what i was trying to say at the beginning you just explained it so much better than i did they're so close mm-hmm. and so 
because they both cause grief. When I'm condemned, I, I grieve. When I'm convicted, I grieve. Right. It's just where one get, maybe this helped. For me, when I'm convicted, there's a path forward. So I don't know, maybe a, I don't know if it'd be a good example, but if I'm convicted about what I'm eating and, and maybe I want to lose weight and I'm convicted about how I'm eating, even for my health, more, more that than, than weight loss or whatever. When I'm convicted, then there's a path forward. I start thinking, okay, I need to eat more fruit or I need to do this or I need to do that. But when I'm condemned, then it's like I'm fat or I'm, I'm unhealthy and, and there's no motivation to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's like I just begin to wallow. And so in, in that study and in that discernment, if we begin to listen, okay, is there a path forward? If there isn't, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit because they are so close. Sometimes it just, it takes us a little bit to figure out who, even the, those of us who consider ourselves really close to the spirit, sometimes mm-hmm. we get tricked because the devil is crafty. Yeah. You, you say a path forward, I think more short-term, long-term. Um, because when you, when you can find confidence and assurance in the word of God, um, whatever grief you're feeling or, or, you know, whatever regret or, whatever that particular feeling is can go away really quick because you know that God can, can wipe that slate clean right away. And, you know, you don't dwell in the aspect of, Oh, I made a mistake. And you don't, you don't live in that day after day after day after day when you recognize it and give it up. When on the opposite though, I think the long term is, is when it is condemnation, then in that regards, that is something that eats away inside of you day after day and you don't sleep well. And then your anxiety increases and then you get more stressed out and then you keep thinking about it and dwelling on it. And that seems to never go away and it lasts and lasts and lasts. And then that grief gets even stronger. And, and then it's just like everything compounds. And then, that tends to lead into the next issue mm-hmm. and there's no freedom from it. You, you are just trapped in bondage of your own internal thoughts because you went down that path originally. Yeah. And it's not until you come back to truth. You know, we say all the time in church, like break, break the bonds, break the chains. Yeah. It's not until you come back to truth that you're able to get free of that. And then all of a sudden you realize, Oh, it's short term again. Yeah. What? Oh, that's really good. So um, when we get in that path that you're talking about or in that situation of condemnation and it's mounting, that goes back to what we continually say is God is a God of order. So when that chaos and confusion, that's what it seems like to me when I begin to listen to the condemnation of the devil, I, I get confused. I I begin to doubt and it's, it can be small things, but they, they add up. And yet when the spirit convicts me in an area of my life that 
that really maybe maybe something a, a habit or you know we always go to Netflix, but I, I think you have to be conscious consciously and constantly watching your choices. Mm-hmm. So if the spirit convicts me, I have clarity. I'm like okay, <laughs> I, I clearly see what I'm doing wrong, and I know what to do. But when I'm condemned, I don't. I don't even. I just. I feel useless. I don't really know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know if I'm doing anything right. I get real down. So yeah, and and I just. I think it's so important for us to have this discussion because too many Christians listen to the wrong voice, mm-hmm. and that's why we end up living in this cycle of unvictorious living. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this the other day because. One of the questions I think that comes up quite often um, is, what's the importance of church? Like, why why can't I just do Zoom and, uh, yeah. and watch church online? Why do I have to actually come to church? Why do I have to be around people? And, you know, especially now going through COVID, more and more people are jumping online and there's, there's no interaction. There's no actual community. And, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm just fine. My walk is just fine. And so I think that that's a really important thing to address talking about these, these two aspects, because if you can't come to church and be around other believers and have tough conversations and ask tough questions and seek real truth, then what are the resources that you're getting truth from? And how can you be effective out in the world? How can you be used? And and not even that far. I mean, yes, that's a great thing to ask, but just in when we're talking about that internal talk of, condemnation if you're not being fed the truth then you're unable to recognize it and and you start seeking we all want truth right so what i'm getting at is if you're not being involved in community in church and you're not getting fed the truth not just from the word but from fellow christians mm-hmm. um then who who encourage and and motivate then you will seek truth through other avenues. And I think one of the things that's happening, and this is just my opinion, is that that is why so many people seek truth through through social media. Mm-hmm. They, they look at celebrities and athletes as role models and figures mm-hmm. um, who, you know, I think they're a lot of times great people. But, you know, unless they have an incredible faith and are living it out. As a Christian, I don't think they should be your role model. Um, you know, so we, we will actively seek truth uh, one way or another. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do that, it might as well be the right truth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. I mean, that just that reinforces the fact that, well, he says we're his hands and feet. We are the body of Christ and you, you just can't function mm-hmm. when a part of the body is missing. You can make excuses, you can make challenges, but when a part of the body's missing, it doesn't function the same. Right. And so sometimes we have to just really, I mean, I have 
good enough friends that we attend church with who will speak earlier. You said, you know, somebody might say to me, Hey, in in God's love, I'm coming to you. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I think I have good enough friends that will confront me with that. If, if something is slipping into my, um, reactions, they challenge that, you know, I mean, I have you and dad, which is probably the best barometer, but there's nothing like having a friend say, what do you mean by that? That, Mm -hmm. that was so negative. I don't want to be negative. It was right. Oh yeah. And here's another thing we've talked about this before too, is when it is condemnation instead of conviction, uh, because of the grief and, and the pride, we tend to seclude. And if we're not having those conversations, if we don't have people in our life that we are willing to let talk to us and they themselves are willing to come in love and have that conversation with us, then we're never going to know how we can help each other. We're never going to know how we can pray for each other because it's like, well, I don't want people to know. And, and again, that should be a clear sign of where that's coming from. Yeah. Right. So because we're not meant to do it alone. Well, and I guess, you know, the challenge for this week, for this Holy Week, is to do some self-examination. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself and, and ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there's areas you need to change. Because He will do it in that positive, constructive, encouraging, challenging way. And, uh, and, then remember that along with that comes the power to make the change. He doesn't convict us of something and then say, now go do it. Mm-hmm. He empowers us to make that change, to lay something down, to make a difference. Uh, so, I mean, it all just goes hand in hand. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a, a real visual person. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm kind of thinking of this whole topic like this. Um, when, you're driving and you pick up a flat, you know, you get a nail in your tire and your tire goes flat. You go to your tire shop to have them repair it or maybe get a new tire. So let's say that they changed the tire altogether. So now you've got this extra one with a nail in it. Mm-hmm. Usually the tire shop takes it and gets rid of it and disposes of it. Um, you don't take that tire back after it's got a nail through it in a hole when you've already replaced it and have for nice tires and you don't lug that old tire around with you everywhere you go. That doesn't make any sense, right? It's just baggage at that point. So I kind of think of condemnation like that. The point of having four good tires is to get you where you're going and, and get you there safely and steadily. And, and here we are. Sometimes we need conviction in our life to help us stay on the road on the right path and help get us to that destination. But we don't need to be carrying around the extra baggage, the extra flat tires that is condemnation because all they do is weigh us down, but they don't help us get anywhere. Yeah. But you know, the sad truth, that is a good example. I was just thinking the sad truth is just so comfortable sometimes dragging it along just in case. Yeah. I mean, I want to go this new direction, but man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just have to be so careful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
I just, I just want to say to everybody, uh, again, I, I pray that you have a blessed week. And if you've been listening and you've, you know that you have allowed condemnation to weigh you down and you've been listening to the lies. <laughs> Just stop. I mean, literally ask the spirit to give you the assurance that you need, the strength that you need. It's all there for the asking. He mm-hmm. says, ask and you will receive. And Vance Jackson had a quote online, and, and I just want to read it in closing. I thought it was really powerful. He says, listen, when you are in Christ, addiction has to bow. When you are in Christ, bitterness has to flee. When you are in Christ, rejection must go. When you are in Christ, condemnation no longer has a claim over you. When you are in Christ, the weight of the world no longer can lord over you. So today, choose to completely surrender to Christ because there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. It's awesome. No, that's good. Good word. Well, that was, a, I think, a, a very enlightening talk today. And I'm glad we covered that topic. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. All right, everybody. Uh, As always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, Make sure you check us out on social media. Um, You can go to debweisen.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, Give us feedback. Let us know what topics you want us to talk about. Uh, We always look at that stuff, and we'll do our best to get to it. So thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining this broadcast with the breakdown duo of Deb and T-Wise. Share this podcast with someone it might help and hit subscribe. See you next week as the duo breaks it down to build you up.